to Talk That Talk Uncensored. I am your host, Jojo or Joyce, however you, you can call me anything you want. Um, my co-host, Brittany, is not here today, but no worries because I have just as an amazing <laughs> boss babe here with me. Um, logistically, she couldn't be here. She like wishes that she could have. And I don't think that this, is, this will be my guest's last time on my podcast. So... <laughs> Um, without further ado, I have La Salvadoreina with me, and it translates to the Salvadorian Queen. So Cindy Zavala, also known as Reina Zavala, or La Salvadoreina, is a cumbia artist that creates clothing, jewelry, and other accessories to make young Salvadorian Americans feel seen and empowered. Salvadorians have been the highest Latino population in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area for over a decade. Despite this, Davala says that her fashion brand was inspired by the lack of representation she felt in the capital and media. I grew up in the little El Salvador and the DMV, says Davala, so I felt loved by my family and community. However, at the same time, I would look at my TV and never saw myself on a national scale. I never saw a model, actress, or singer that made me feel represented. represented. The closest idols I had were other Latinas like Jennifer Lopez, who is Puerto Rican, and Selena, who is of Mexican descent. It is from this desire to be seen that Salvador Reina was born. Zavala has collaborated with musicians in Texas and California and has even emceed and opened, um, emceed opened events for artists like Calle 13, Gloria Trevi, alongside the DJ collective Maracuya. So without further ado, I have La Salvadoreña here. Say hi, girl. Hi, hi everyone. So I, I already told um, Joyce, Jojo, but... For those of you that are watching the video and not just listening, I'm red <laughs> because literally the craziest thing happened right before um, we were going to start recording. I was like, oh, let me get, you know, take a shower. Let me get ready, dolled up for Jojo. And um, I got an allergic reaction to aloe vera gel, which is like so crazy because I wear it on my legs every day. And I just decided to put it in my arms and my face for some reason. And I just turned red, like absolutely red. Um, I got like heat um, flashes, like it got super hot and I just didn't have time to put makeup on. I actually just got in the shower again to see if it would go down and it didn't. I don't know. The weirdest thing, but because I've drank aloe vera just before and does that never happen? Oh, it's, it's a natural, it's a natural like plan. And like, I just, it was, it was so crazy. I mean, you still look great, by the way. You're still you. aside from the redness. Um, and I was just telling, I was just telling you um, that. Yeah, especially when it comes to skincare, you just never know or how like your body is going to react or just with anything. But it just it really ca it caught me off guard because I've never actually heard that, especially with natural oils. Yeah, it's it's so weird. And you know, I, I definitely love all the work that you're doing in skincare, you know, having vegan makeup. I love all your products. <laughs> I've been using them, um, the ones that you sent me. And I just I'm gonna buy some for my primas and stuff. But yeah, I thought it was weird because like I said, I've drank aloe vera juice. But then I started Googling and reading right before I got on with you. And I guess some people actually get like, um, like drinking the juice, they get like um, gastro problems or stomach problems. Oh. And I started getting, I moved to Texas and I actually had problems like that. So I'm like, maybe I was drinking this juice thinking it was okay. Cause some people say it's good for you. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, what so yeah, I'm going to have to like figure this yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, may, it may be a reoccurring theme. <laughs> Yeah, you can't even tell that bad in the video, but like I'm literally so red and it's like 
I don't know. It's crazy, but oh we'll, see. we'll see. What and it's supposed to also be like super good when you get sunburn and um, all of that. Cause I've used it for like everything. So yeah, <laughs> right? we'll, we'll, you're going to have to keep us um, updated. Maybe you are <laughs> or some type, I don't know, maybe like from the bottom up. <laughs> right. Like I'm allergic just on my shoulders and my face, but not my legs. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So that's so funny, but oh my God, thank you for being here. This episode is going to be so much fun and we're going to do it like a little bit of Spanglish as well because I have a fellow Salvador and I'm so 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 excited like even reading your bio I was just like oh my god yes because I've seen you on social so fun fact for everyone listening I have not met her in person um, but we're working towards that um we're so close too yeah we're meeting this year so and probably within the next month or two (laughs) um but yeah, everything that you're doing is so inspiring. And I thought, one, what better guest to have? But then two, as well, you know, we're doing similar things. And I think it's also important, like our viewers um, always tell us that they always like want to hear different people with businesses and different brands and like how they built it. And I think that, you know, with your brand, you've done such an amazing job with it. Um and so I was like, I cannot wait because I want to have this conversation with you. Um, another fellow Latina that's doing it. And then on top of that, too, it's like, as as your bio states, especially in the DMV area, but just in general, like if you are looking at the TV, we don't have representation. It is very rare that if someone is not Central American, it's very rare that they know. <laughs> yeah, American. that is so true. Or Maybe, maybe, obviously, the, a lot of Latinos know about, like, the countries, and they yes, know that, yeah. like, South America, but maybe they don't know a lot about our culture, right? Like, yeah. I can tell you so much about Mexican, Puerto Rican, Colombian culture because of Bad Bunny and, like, you know, all the Mexican artists. You know, I, I right. even learned, like, their caliche, which is, like, our word for Salvadoran slang. Like, yeah. I even learned Puerto Rican slang because I'm always listening to reggaeton or, like, you have you know, to. You've seen those on um, TikToks where it's like um me as a Central I, American listening yeah. to reggaeton, like what is what's this word? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's so funny too because you can also infer like a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. And so I forgot what song, but my mom was like, and I'm like, oh, is there a version <laughs> of like party? You know, like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's it's just so funny too because I think people that don't like English speaking or any other language, they, they just like, you know, they can hear Bad Bunny and they like the beat, but then at mm-hmm. the same time, there's an extra layer where it's just like the slang, right? You yeah. have to like understand the slang. Um, yeah. but, you know, so tell, tell the viewers, tell the listeners, um, tell them about yourself and your own words and about your brand. Yeah. Well, I guess talking about slang and like Salvadoran words, um, I grew up in the, you know, DMV area. I call it like the Little El Salvador. We're the highest Latino population here. So when you go to high school, people will automatically, if you're Latino, assume that you're Salvadoran. And when I go to the West Coast, it's funny because it's different, right? Like you go to LA and everybody assumes that you're Mexican Mm -hmm. um, when you're in like schools. You know, now there's a lot more education I feel like people know okay there's more than just Mexican (laughs) as Latinos yeah but you know when you're in high school people will still be like oh you know are you Mexican if they see you in the hallway or if you're in class and then here it's like the opposite because there's so many Salvadorans so you know growing up in Virginia like other you know it's funny other Latinos would be like the minority and they would Uh get confused for Salvadoran they'll be like no actually I'm Honduran or you know Mm -hmm. I'm Nicaraguense or I'm Mexican you know um 
So I feel like for me, the reason why I started the Salvadorena project was because I felt so seen locally. Like I, everyone around me was Salvadoran, but then I would turn like the Univision, Telemundo, or like, you know, the stations on and I would feel like invisible. I would like not see any Salvadorans. And I think that's slowly changing, especially this younger generation. Like we're still very young, we're first gen, but you know, my little brothers who are like 11 or, you know, Gen Z, like they're gonna have even more opportunities. And I think that we're gonna have Salvadoran, you know, uh, representation in terms of celebrities and uh, people in the arts and not just that but like you know in the science field and different fields um, I'm starting to see a lot more Salvadorans doing things and I think social media is helping us connect Absolutely. a lot so yeah I think for me that's sort of how it started and it's been growing I'm I'm doing a couple of stuff music fashion um, and yeah that's kind of how it, it started but but what actually what part of Salvador is your family from you know since La we Union have in Tipuca oh my gosh <laughs> okay so a lot of folks here are from in Tipuca or Chirilawa those are like yeah. the big cities I literally feel like I don't know they like migrated the whole entire city here oh absolutely <laughs> so many and people that I know are from Tipuca Exactly. And the other thing too, which was super interesting, right? Um, so like the last time, which is, it's been a couple of years since I um, was in El Salvador, but yeah. it, when you go back, you mm -hmm. have like, even me, I've, I have seen starting from like a young age up until the last time that I went there, how much, because uh. especially in that town, everyone left, right? Um, mm -hmm. During the civil war and like the history of the country and when things got like really bad, when people um, immigrated to the United States. And of course, you know, we immigrated to DC. We stay, we stay yeah. deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can see now like how the older generations, the people that are still living in El Salvador, right? They've built back up. So they've built that city, El Pueblo back up. And so you see that influence of like, wow, you definitely know that in this area, like a lot of people are like came, you know, went to America and are working and are like building it back, which is so interesting because I feel like that's one thing with Latinos that we have, right? Is that like, we always remember where we come from mm -hmm. and you always like want to build that back up. Yeah. And I feel like you know, I, I encountered that a lot. Like, you know, people that are like, if they, if they are, I was like, they're always like, no, I'm like sending money. I'm sending clothes. I'm sending, you know, things back to El Salvador for people that like need it. Um, but yeah, no, especially like in this area, like you said, you know, you can definitely feel seen, but then when you turn on the TV and when you leave this area, you're just like, it's a different world. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because one of the uh, people that I know from Intipuca, his name is Hugo Salinas. You might have heard of him. Hmm. He was the first um, alcalde de Intipuca who was, who identified as gay. And um, he's actually a great friend of my dad. Um, my dad um, he's a painter, he's an artist. He was here in the local area. So he left the Salvador and was here for a while. And just, he advocated so much for the community. And every year when we have the big Fiesta DC parade, mm -hmm. he would like paint our floats. And uh, actually one of the schools that I modeled with, he painted, cause he was also like leading all the pageants here locally. Um, and so every time I think of Antipuca, I think <laughs> of Hugo because sort of what you're saying, he would do so much here, but then tape back. Like he would throw fundraisers and raise money to be able to create and support um, different projects in Antipuca. And my dad sort of is, does the same thing with his pueblo. Mm -hmm. So that's how they kind of like started, you know, they, they became friends because wow. they both had that idea of, 
okay, we're here now. We have opportunities here. Let's throw parties. Let's get Salvadorans dancing. Yeah. Let's make money and let's help people back home. And I always admire them because so many people can just come here and just forget about it. You know, like, yeah. you know, I don't have time. You, you get so lost in everyday work. It's like, I don't have time. I'm just going to send money to my family and that's it. But they, they were like, no, they will. They, they really believed that they had to like support and continue to support. Um, even though they were struggling as immigrants here, you know, and living their everyday life. And I'm just always so freaking amazed, like, because I get tired and burnt out mm-hmm. and I understand the language at least because I was born and raised here. I'm like, I can't believe that they were able to accomplish what they accomplished as like completely new uh, people to this country. It's insane every time. It's so insane that you say that because I was, I just had this thought. I'm like, if you sit and like (laughs) think about what our like parents and what our grandparents like had to go through. I just had this interview last week. They interviewed me here in my office. And then like right in the corner of my office, I have a picture of my grandfather and my grandma. Um, My grandma is still alive. My grandfather passed, but somehow in the interview we're talking about you know just like the idea of solstice and like representation I'm just like you know it all stems from like that and how like my grandfather like would say and I I didn't get to meet him but like my mom will always say like it's so interesting that you love red lipstick because your grandfather would be like you know everybody remembers a girl with red lipstick so and I was like sitting there I'm thinking about my grandpa I'm like can you imagine the stuff that they had to go through and then come to a a completely different country and my grandma always says this that like it was out of necessity like she wishes she could have stayed there she's like yeah <laughs> like, your was like my grandma's like if I could have stayed in Osa like contenta. I was happy there like I, you know what I mean and it was just out of necessity and I think a lot of people don't understand that especially here in America when they talk yeah. about immigrants it's out of necessity and yeah. you know a lot of the times like they don't, we don't want to leave the place that we call home, but you have to, you know, yeah, there's definitely. a lot of struggles that come with that. Yeah. I've even been thinking about like the housing situation because, you know, um, there's so many things that you have to learn on the way to as a first gen, like um, filling out the FAFSA if you're going to go to college or just different things that your parents wouldn't know that American parents know, right? right? So I remember being in school and struggling and having to like ask teachers or classmates um, because a lot of my friends were getting support from home, you know? Uh-huh. And my parents, they were like, well, we could tell you what we did in El Salvador. Yeah. <laughs> they can't really tell me what they did here. And even just like housing, like I remember that a lot of my friends um, that were, you know, local to Virginia, like their grandparents had lived in that house and given it to their parents or whatever. But when I go back to Salvador, it's like my mom's house and like my parents' house, like their grandparents lived there. Their grand, you know, todos vivían allí, and it's been inherited for like years. Right. And I'm just like, they have homes there, they have houses there. Like, we're gonna have to just start from scratch here. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's like difficult, and just even trying to learn about how those things work in Salvador. Like, I would love to eventually be able to spend time there. Mm-hmm. Um, more than just like the visits that I've done throughout my whole life. I've, I feel like I know a lot about El Salvador because I've lived, um, you know, I've throughout my life, I've traveled there a lot and we would stay there for like a month sometimes if, vac- if vacation time allowed it, right? Before I was in school or right. in the summer. But now it's like, okay, I'm a working, you know, person. <laughs> like, how am I ever going to make this happen? But I would love to be able to spend 
a little bit more time there to really get to understand like what it's like to live there you know absolutely yeah There's a lot of things that we don't know about how they live their everyday life but we're so proud of being Salvadoran I mean that's our roots like we mm-hmm. are 100% Salvadoran still the sangre verdad you know but, <laughs> um but yeah I, I I think it's just amazing so I always like, even though we haven't met yet, like, I, I feel like we just connect right away oh, because yeah. we have such similar experiences, which Absolutely. is like, we're definitely going to be friends. I can't oh wait to Oh my God, of course. And I just like, I'm so grateful that we got to like our paths, you know, cross on social media, which is like, yeah. tell people like the internet could be a really good place. Um, yeah. but wait, so where, where is your family from? So my family, they're from, uh, I think it's super close to Antipuca because Antipuca is in La Union, right? Mm-hmm. So my parents are next door in San Miguel, um, oh, okay, uh, yeah. from Chiriragua, but I also have family, like they're from San Salvador, this area called San Marcos too. So I think eventually they ended up like going to San Miguel. Um, but yeah, that's sort of where my family's from. And um, now we're just all in Virginia, a lot of us, but a lot of them are still in El Salvador too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that like our paths crossed, like you said, you know, I definitely feel like we have um, certain things, but like. I have been like loving everything that you're doing with your brand. And I kind of wanted to ask you to share some of like your experiences in terms of like, how did you grow that brand? Um, You know, just for perspective, like I, I mean, I've watched you grow just in the past year. (laughs) Right. And then at the same time too, like you do a lot of like content creation. I see you on TikTok. I see you, you know, on Instagram. And so like, just, you know, I feel like you've done such a great job with like growing a brand um, through hard work organically, you know? So talk to us about that. Yeah. So um, for me, I guess uh, a lot of it goes back to how I grew up. Like my dad did a lot of work in the Salvadoran community. He's actually like a community leader and no one really knew me by my name growing up. I was just like, ah, it's Leija de Wilson, you know? <laughs> because, you know, I was a nobody, right? Like, I'm just my dad's daughter. And then, you know, I don't know why, like, like eventually when I was like in middle school or like entering high school, I was like, you know what? I want to make a name for myself in the Salvadorian community. I'm going to do yeah. something so they don't just know me as a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and so then what I ended up doing, um, I found out about this pageant, the Salvadoran pageant, that it was so cool how we do pageants because it's not really based on beauty sometimes, right? It's actually based on like skill sets. So for us, we do it through fundraising. Uh, fundraising. It's called El Voto, right? <laughs> and so um, we were trying to raise funds to create different projects in El Salvador. So I think mine was like first, uh, we did it to, um, it was actually two. Uh, to raise money to give school supplies to a school in San Miguel and then another one to help a retirement, un asilo. And so, you know, I ended up winning and I ended up being able to travel to El Salvador and represent the Salvadorans in like kind of the DMV area and the Carnaval and at different like big press events. And I just felt like, you know, like a mini leader for like a year because I got to be in this position for a year. And I ended up traveling uh, to France um, to represent, um, you know, our community as well through like the Sisters to City partnerships for Arlington here in Virginia. And so in doing that, it was like, that's sort of how I got the nickname Reina. Cause then everybody's like, ah, you're la reina, you're la reina, right? And I was like, okay. So, and then that's kind of how I got the nickname. Um, one day I just heard someone say Salvadoreña and Reina and Reina. And I was like, oh, I like that. And I just remember telling myself, I'm gonna do something with that one day. 
And I just, you know, wrote it down, kept, you know, doing, I actually started doing stickers with it and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And then when I, um, you know, I actually, actually fell in love with cumbia even more when I traveled. I had always loved music because my dad would do big concerts, you know, um, to raise funds. And so then, you know, when I finally got into uh, high, I'm sorry, college here in the DC area, I went to American University. I met this um, guy who did a lot of beats and we were just like messing around one day. He started making beats. I was like, hey, make me like a cumbia beat. <laughs> and so I was like, I really want to try doing this cumbia thing. And so I started making music with him. And um, then I started collaborating and promoting other artists. And when it came time to like, you know, pick a name, I was like, I don't know what to call myself, right? Like, because I don't want to call myself just by my regular name. I'm like, my name is so boring. So my first name, my legal name is Cindy. And my, I'm like very like Salvadoran American in the sense that my parents gave me a very Americanized first name and a very Salvadoran middle name. My middle name is Yomaira. So it's Cindy Yomaira. And I was like, I mean, now everybody's like, oh, your name is so beautiful. You should have made your middle name your artist name. Like, you know how there's Thalia, Shakira. Like, you yeah. should have made your fighter your name. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know why. I just, I just wanted to be like in your face. I'm Salvadoran. Right. Because um, again, there was no Salvadoran artist that I knew really at that time. And so I started calling myself La Salvadorena because the guy that I was making music with was like, you know what? I really like that thing that you use. I think you should call yourself La Salvadorena. And so I started, you know, doing music with that stage name and doing concerts and, you know, different things. Um, and this was like in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I moved to Texas, so after I graduated, I worked in D.C. for like a year um, at this nonprofit. And um, they had a position like that was transferring to Texas. And I asked them if I could, you know be able to do that because they have they have different offices so I asked to be transferred yeah and I was in Texas um for the past three years before the pandemic started and in Texas the reason why I wanted to go to Texas was because I've always loved cumbia and for me the biggest cumbia hub in the U.S. has always been Texas but now it's actually California mm. there's a lot of cumbia bands and artists in California but you know growing up in the early 90s the cumbia kings you know selena all the cumbia techs mex stuff was there too and there's a lot of artists that i admire down there um like el dusty he's like this big cumbia dj and i was like i want to go there i'm gonna make things happen i'm gonna collaborate with folks and i went there and just everything got super hard for me um and i thought it was going to be easy and it was not easy at all <laughs> so mainly because I had a lot of family stuff going on my parents were about to lose their house get into foreclosure I literally was living with like no money because I was sending so much money to my family mm -hmm. and that got me super anxious and stressed and I developed a lot of anxiety and um, problems with my stomach so I lost a lot of weight I got super sick and was just at the hospital like all the time it's so horrible so yeah, that um, those years in Texas were like the toughest years for me because I was by myself. But it was also just a moment that I grew so much because I, you know, I met my partner, you know, I met my boyfriend and, you know, I not only did I like fall in love, but I did get to end up meeting so many amazing people doing cumbia. And um, there was a point though, the reason that I started my fashion brand and how everything got started was that I got so... Um, burnt out and exhausted so like um I felt so defeated I guess I would say I'm yeah. like this cumbia stuff is just not happening I it started to feel like a job yeah. in a way and I was already working a full-time job at this nonprofit. I was like I don't want to feel 
like this is something that I'm working that it's work you know like I because for me like everything that I've done outside of my real job has always been a passion something that I love and um I feel like a lot of creatives struggle with that right like when it's like feels like work because you do it because you just love it you know Mm -hmm. um and so I just told myself like I was talking to my boyfriend one day and I was like you know what I think I'm just gonna take a break because I'm not happy anymore like I I'm I'm working on this stuff and I just feel frustrated instead of happy and that's not the energy that I want to like do my music with and so I was like but the thing is I get bored very easily (laughs) I'm the type of person that needs to be like creating in some sort of outlet somehow which is why I end up doing a bunch of little like a little bit of everything because Mm -hmm. I just get bored easily and so I was like I still want to do something and I was like you know what I've noticed that a lot of people like like my stage name right Mm -hmm. like they're always like that's so catchy like that's like such a good play on words and stuff and so I was like what if I put that on a shirt and just like you know start sharing that name with everyone like everyone should feel like Salvadorena you know and just put it on a shirt whatever and so I um travel a lot a lot through the nonprofit that I worked in like every four weeks I would be traveling to a, a different city and so I printed I remember I printed a shirt um, this was March of 2019. So it's only been like a year, like now with the pandemic, almost two years. Wow. And everything just blew up. And so I printed the shirt and I went to LA and I had a friend of mine who was actually a journalist and was the one who wrote an article on Hugo Salinas, going back to Dipuka. Ah, yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, model this shirt for me. And um, let's post it on Instagram and just see what people say. And every party started asking, where can we buy it? We want one. And um, that's how I started. I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to print more shirts. So I printed like 40 shirts to start off with. And once those sold out, then I, I used whatever money I got back from it and printed more. And just, I did it all very slowly. And yeah, that's how I got started. Wow. I love that. I mean, you said, I feel like you've spoke so much about a lot of different things but that like I resonate so much with that story because I think that you've like I said let me let me unpack everything that you did <laughs> because I get this a lot with like people thinking that oh my god like how do you do it or you know like do you always feel like creative or like a yeah. lot of the times like you said like you have these moments before you get success right you have mm-hmm. so many freaking moments where you're just like ¿Qué es lo que estoy haciendo? like yeah. is this even is this even like worth it anymore I feel like I still right doubt myself sometimes and you're just like do people really care do people really like this or are they gonna like yeah. it you know um but the biggest thing too that like I love what you said was that like when it started to become less fun and more of like a job and like you feeling that energy you shift the directions right and I think that's super important because like I hope people like listen to that where it's like if something is really not bringing you joy and like good energy then you need to like really look within yourself to see like okay like what is it that I'm like supposed to be doing you know yeah and then a lot of the times too you can find these like inspiration like your whole journey right of like you actually coming up with Salvadorina which is so clever, right? <laughs> but the but how how that story is like years in the making, right? Yeah. Like it was a, it was a lot of years. Um, so that's 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 so amazing. And I do feel like um, when you talked about um, 
you know, just like going through the really hard time of, you know, with family and like anxiety, like I can also resonate with that because people always ask me, and I don't know if they ask you this, like, oh my God, like on social media, just like so happy. And like, you know, everything is like so great. And I'm just like, that's because I'm pushing that content out there. And like, I love that energy as well. Like I want my brand and everything that I associate to be positive and like give people energy. But a lot of the times like we're going through so much and it's like so important to take care of ourselves because that, you know, attributes to so much of what we can give. Um, So like you sharing that, you know what I mean? And like how I always say that during a really stressful time in your life or during the times where you feel like really low, there's always a huge blessing if like you like really dig into that that can come about that right and I I'm like you I get bored easily (laughs) so I was doing consulting that's the reason why I did consulting was because I was like I can't stick to one company like I'm gonna just consult for like different companies because I get bored you know and then once I'm done with their project I move on to the next one um but when something does grab your attention like you kind of like focus on that so last year to change a little bit of gears, like last year I did see, so like when I started, you know, um, connecting with you, um, I really appreciated this side as well, because I feel like you keep it real, right? Mm -hmm. And you're very open and transparent about like certain challenges and struggles. And as everyone's heard right now too, like in just in your story, but I did, I remember seeing, you know, you talk about certain like um, legal battles that you, that you had. I forgot like what earlier this season or something, we asked people for like questions on like what they wanted to hear (laughs) and people wanted to just like hear more, especially with like businesses and brands of just like how they go about like different challenges and struggles. And so I would love for you to share and again, like details, not as important. And just in terms of how did you navigate such a challenging time in terms of something? Cause I feel like legal and financial things are super important for anyone doing starting a business or a brand and not something that a lot of people talk about talk about like how you maneuvered such a challenge yeah so um I guess the first thing I would say is like you really have to believe in yourself and know who to listen to which can be really hard sometimes Mm. because I really believed in I still, I still really believe in what I'm doing. Right. And even though, um, I have grown a lot and I've got an exposure and I'm like sort of mini, um, I guess of, a like Salvadoran name, right. In the community. Um, I don't think that I'm like, oh my gosh, famous or whatever. Like I know so many other Salvadorans and Central Americans that have huge, more, you know, larger followings than me, but I, that doesn't mean that I don't believe in the work that I'm doing. Right. And so like, you also have to kind of balance that out. And so it's really challenging to like advocate for yourself when maybe your following isn't as big or you're not there yet. And so for me, when I started Salvadorena, I really believed in the name and I wanted to protect it. And I went to like different folks in um, Texas, you know, because that's where I started my business originally. And all of these, you know, um, white men, (laughs) they were white um, lawyers and stuff. They were like, you know, I don't really think you need to do that yet because you're just starting it. Like, I don't think you should trademark it yet. And, you know, it's, you know, they don't know a lot about like my culture. You know, I I get that. They were just like, 
they were just giving me their real like real perspective you know like legal advice and they were just like I don't think you need to do that yet it's and also because it's really expensive it's a lot of money um I would just buy the website first and I actually am really grateful because um they did give me good advice in some way you know so I what I did was I bought the website I bought everything that I could um get the name on right right but you know, after a while, like the more that I saw it growing, I was like, you know, I really think I should trademark it, even though it's been two months. Like I really just algo me decía to, to start trademarking it. And so, you know what? I was just like, I'm just gonna like look for my, look for some sort of help. And I remember that one of my friends in Texas, her name is Joanna, her husband, Ricardo was a lawyer, but he was not a business lawyer. <laughs> he was like, you know, like if you get into a car accident, you call him. <laughs> which I'm so going to promote him, him. Like if you ever get into a car accident, go to the Make sure you go to <laughs> He's an amazing lawyer. Um, but anyways, and I was just like, okay, he needs, he probably knows a little bit more about this because he's a lawyer. He's not the, a business lawyer, but he probably knows something. So I did as much research as I could and I collected everything. And then I went to him and I was like, Hey, like, do you think that you could help me do this? Because if I would have paid for a lawyer, it would have been like, I don't know, a thousand dollars or something. And I just didn't have the money. Like I'm telling you, I was like, like nada in Texas. Right. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. Um, I'm, I literally like did all the research so I could submit it myself, but I couldn't submit it because I wasn't a lawyer. <laughs> you mm-hmm. needed to have, um, what's it called? The, the uh, every lawyer is assigned like a bar number I think it's mm-hmm. like some sort of attorney number or whatever and I didn't have that so I like couldn't do that so I went to him and he was so nice like he helped me he he like looked it over for free like completely for free like my my, my girl's friend oh my gosh like I owe so much to them and we submitted it and then we heard back and I actually got denied from the USPTO right they were like um it was ornamental because I, they, there's like different uh, ways to advocate to have your name trademarked. And so because I didn't really know a lot about it and it was all based on like my own YouTube, Google, like right, research, right. Um, there were certain mistakes that I made. And so I made it seem like it was decorative. That's basically what they, why I got denied. It was like, oh, this is something that's just on the shirt, but it's not like the brand. You need to show mm-hmm. me that it's the brand. I need to see how you're branding it. And so I delivered more proof and I explained that, you know, I'm an artist. This is like sort of like my merch. Like I just needed to know how to pitch it, but I didn't know, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a learning curve and I got accepted. So then I I did get the trademark and I literally got it right before the biggest thing happened last year, which I know you saw. Um, I won't go into like too much details. Cause you know, I want to protect myself legally. Of <laughs> um, like, you know how like celebrities are always like, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> like yes. because they're protecting themselves, you know, yeah. um, you can't just start rumors or it's, um, oh, what's that word when you're ruining somebody's reputation? I'm forgetting it. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the word. But anyways, there's like some legal word that you can't say just anything, right? Right, because right, right. You legal trouble because of that. So anyways, this big, huge, um, company uh decided that they were gonna start printing shirts that said salvadorena and then you know everything that happened online people i am so grateful because like people in the in the salvadoran community the people that followed me really like helped me and they were just like hey you know that name's taken already and they were just you know putting it online everywhere resharing it and 
honestly, the people at this company just, I don't think they knew. And so when they, um, you know, they, uh, they delivered a public apology within 24 hours, they took everything down. And, you know, I was able to save my small business. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the more you grow, you get more love, but then you also get more feedback. Yeah, <laughs> like all yeah. the feedback. And, um, you know, like, I just felt like there were some people that, you know, kind of supported the people that were doing this. And I really, you could tell right away who it was. I was like, okay, there are like four people here that are like putting comments and I think like hateful comments. And I'm like, they're the same four people. And I think these four people are people that pitched this to that, you know, company or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Right. It's like, because you're going to tell me that I was born and raised Salvadoran. My parents are Salvadoran. Everyone before me is Salvadoran. And I know so much, you know, like I, I have uncles that live in California and San Francisco. I have Salvadorans, my family that live in Houston. Like we're not just here in the DMV, we're spread out. Uh-huh. Like, my family's everywhere in the US, like throughout everywhere we're spread out. And I, so I know a lot about the different Salvadorans communities in the US too. And they were just like making it seem because they're from like a different city and they were making it seem like it's a name that has been used before, but I couldn't find any proof of that. Mm-hmm. And um, like all my, all, even my family and like other Salvadorans, like even like, I just feel like if that would have been true, somebody would have said something to me. Like, because um, like, I am not followed by just like, you know, like, like I'm telling you, it's not just anyone that follows me. Like the majority is Salvadoran. And a lot of them are like, what we would say are Salvadoran celebrities, right? And they have huge influence. And like, they would have told me, hey, girl, you can't be using this, you know? It's right, I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like, oh, we've, we've been using that word, the cariño for years, you know, things like that. And I'm just like, I've always heard cipota. I've yeah. heard bicha, mm-hmm. you know, like, I've heard other words, but I had never heard this one. So if anything, you know, like, I don't know, it just, it, it started to get kind of like, you know, just very, it was a hard time for me because, um I, I I was crying actually the whole time because I was just like I I don't understand what's happening like but I was able to protect myself legally and um one thing that people don't know is after that we were in a pandemic too yeah like it was very hard for me because like I think in March the pandemic started and this happened like July of last year and um it was very difficult because you know my mom was unemployed like my boyfriend was unemployed at the time I was supporting my family financially and um it was just like me and my dad that were working at the time now my 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 mom still isn't unemployed but my boyfriend is working again because we had just moved from Texas too so Mm -hmm. like he was expecting to come here and have a job and then the pandemic happened right Mm -hmm. so um that was you know a huge struggle I was like if I you know I kind of had just started my small business and all of this happening was just like, I just wasn't expecting it. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so it was, it was a difficult time, but now I am always advocating for uh, people to learn as much as they can about the legal side, even though it's so scary and you never want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what a lot of people don't know is that right after that, I had to invest in a lot of um, lawyers and like legal work because I wanted to even protect myself even more. So I do have an amazing support system. Thank God. Like, I'm so thankful for that um, in terms of my family and legal, you know, support. Um, but, you know, you just never know. And 
it's so crazy because even some this happens to so many artists like you know the walter mercado netflix um i don't know if you saw that that um i guess it was like a documentary um yeah, yeah. it wasn't really a series that came out and i never knew that he was struggling through that stuff like he he if you haven't seen it definitely see it for those of you that are listening yeah um it talks about this famous you know uh icon in the latino uh-huh. community walter mercado and all the struggles that he went through because people took the rights to his name mm-hmm. to like to who he was and you know and even with um uh, an even more famous person selena you know selena um the netflix series you know you see all the trademark battles that her family still goes through and trying to protect her name and things like that and you know some people criticize the family a lot too for certain things that they do because she's not here she can't really defend herself but there's a lot of battles that go with you know her and her family her husband just and i'm i lived in texas i met a lot of these people um and you know i've I've met selena's um selena's dad her 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 brother her sister and chris perez you know like um being in the cumbia scene so i it's just something that comes along with being a creative and it really sucks so i wish it wasn't but it's just part of it yeah and that's so so important because like i said i think that people don't they they can miss that right and they're Mm -hmm. so excited and when you are especially if you are creative you don't necessarily like you want to focus on the creativity and not necessarily focus on the business aspect but that is like super important it's almost like i don't know if you heard too like um famous amos the cookie you know how it's like um the guy or I'm pretty sure yeah and it's like whoever was like they took his name and okay. he sold his rights and so I think he's still alive but long story short it's like this the, the cookie and like the logo is his face and like he doesn't get any money from what? it so it's things like that there's where so you, many sad stories yeah, like that it, it there's sucks. always so many stories like I said that you know and I think especially like you said the be careful and one of my mentors actually, he mm-hmm. recently reiterated this to me, like, be careful who you listen to. I always say like, there's nothing wrong with just trying to like think big and like do all the precautions that you can in order yeah. to really, you know, because it is, it is crazy. And I also think too, right? Like if you hadn't trademarked it and it's such a, ca- it's, it's wonderful. Like I love the name. Like, <laughs> and when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, like, if somebody is Salvadorian, the officer, and they're like, oh, yes, like, yo soy una salvadoreña, you know what I mean? It's, it, it helps people identify. And so people can, can steal that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very difficult. And, you know, I, I like know so many, um, not just Salvadorans, but like Latinos and folks from all, you know, walks of life that are starting their small businesses. And, for me, it's, I feel like it's even harder when you're doing art, like actual paintings and things like that, because uh, like, I'm telling you, like legal, trademark, copyrights, that stuff is, it, it can get really confusing and you mm-hmm. really have to like be patient. Um, even with like music right now, when I'm doing, you know, my songs, like I have to look at the, if the lyrics are copywritten or like who gets a percentage of like the music and all that stuff. So it it's a lot. And I just try to be patient and just kind of like, it's the stuff that I don't like about it, right? Like, I wish I could just create the fun part, you know, and not have to think about all the legal stuff. But, um, and I also feel like um, for folks sort of like me and you and other artists that, uh, I mean, other creatives too, you know, that are doing work like this, sometimes we, um, 
have to spend so much time on that and we can't really spend time on social media you know right. so like I think that I would have maybe a bigger following if I would just focus just on social media but I'm not doing that because I'm focusing on creating other things outside of it right um so you also just have to like um I don't know think be more more considerate to yourself I guess mm-hmm. because um now with everything with TikTok and you know every day there's a new app <laughs> Clubhouse you know like you can like just start to think oh man like I need to focus on getting more followers and I feel that pressure sometimes yeah, too same. because I'm like well if I don't you know work on my social media then I'm not going to be able to promote the things that I'm doing like my projects so I just try to do a little bit of both I, I, I still get on Instagram a lot and I'm starting to get more on TikTok and different things and creating content just things that I would like to do yeah um you know, just to meet more people. And that's the thing that I love about it. Like for me, it's just really connecting with people. Like Absolutely. I've met you and so many other amazing yeah. people through, through that. So yeah. I feel like that too. It's like, it's just me. And I'm just like, I, <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I just can't get to it, you know, yeah. because a lot of it too is like making sure, you know, I always say like the back of the house is like cleaned up. Like you have to make sure that so many things are in place before you get so caught up. Um, Cause I would love to, but hopefully, right. We got to speak this into existence in a couple years, girl, we're going to have teams, right. And we won't have to worry about all that stuff because you know, the legal team, the accounting team will be taking care of it. Yeah. And- I wish I'm like, oh, I wish I had a manager or someone booking on my, you know, doing my booking, the publicist and stuff, but I'm my, I'm my everything right now. <laughs> exactly. So for the time being, it's more about just like you said, I love that. Like being more kind to yourself and like knowing that there's a lot of different things that you need and should be doing, but just like finding a balancing act, you know, and, and focusing, right? Like if I'm going to focus on figuring this problem out, being kind Mm -hmm. to yourself, like it's okay. You're not going to post every day and like everyone will live, you know, you just have to be like more. Cause I feel like I'm always putting the most pressure on myself. Yeah. Wow. We're approaching our time. This has been so, so amazing. I feel like (laughs) You're definitely going to come back because we need to, um, aside from just getting to know you, I feel like we need to come up with another topic and get like our, like our viewpoint. We'll have like cocktails or something. Yes, that'd be fun. Um, But I wanted to ask you like who, who inspires you? Um, I feel like for me, it's always been my family. Like there's not like one person. It's just Mm -hmm. like, even like the Salvadoran diaspora, like all of our, all of our gente, like all of our people, like even now when I walk into the store, like for Valentine's, I was trying to go to like our local grocery store, like La Tienda Latinas, Los Mercaditos, to buy the flowers from there, just seeing how hardworking they are. Like I, I'm living with my family right now. So I see my dad coming back from work, like at 8 p.m., you know, being outside all day as a carpenter. And that keeps me going. That keeps me motivated. Wow. Um, but in terms of like, I guess, artists right now, it changes a lot. But Lately, I've been so inspired by Kali Uchis, and she's actually from Virginia like us, and she's Colombiana, and I've had a really strong connection always with uh, Colombian music because of cumbia, right? And uh, our music is very much inspired by the Colombian uh, sounds in El Salvador. Um, And yeah, so I just love her, like her, listen to her music. She has a song, Telepatia, that's been getting a lot of play lately, and I'm just so happy because the second her, her song came out and I heard it, I was like listening to it all the time. And I was telling my boyfriend, this song is just like a vibe. Like you just want to put the windows down. And now it's like, everybody's listening to it. And I'm like, see, I told you it was a good song. Like, I um, but I've been supporting her since she started out. Like I, I remember 
this one time because I had just started doing music, you know, um, we were like in the same news outlet and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm featured and she's featured. And I was like freaking out. Um, but yeah, I saw her perform. I've seen her perform so many times. She's someone that inspires me in terms of like her music. Like I really like her music. She's oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to that song. She's so dope. <laughs> so that's yeah, that. you know, it's crazy because I feel like, um, as a, I guess, artist for me, it's like a persona, like the mm-hmm. Sal- Salvadorina, like me as Cindy Omaira or whatever, like I'm just a regular person, I guess. But sometimes when I'm like, you know, going to perform or act on stage, I'm like, okay, what will La Salvadorina do? Because yes. for me, she's like another person. Like I even have a little superhero. I don't know if yes. you've seen it. Yes, I've seen it. Because um, I created like a story for La Salvadorina and like her being a superhero and things like that. Um, so that's just like another part of it too. I would love to have a children's book. Um, that's like one of my goals as like a little Salvadoran superhero. Oh my God. And now, oh, I've been watching WandaVision and all the Marvel. Oh my like, God, I know. I'm like, oh, I want a Salvadoran superhero. But yeah, I just, I would love to do things like that. I like comedy. Like I want to try to do different things because I don't take myself too seriously sometimes. So I think that kind of helps. But I feel like La Salvadorina is like a diva, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always put like the nails and everything. And then I take them off right after the shoots because I, as my regular person, don't do that (laughs) but absolutely um, but yeah it's been so much fun talking to you i I know over time (laughs) oh yeah no 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 um this this has been amazing um so to leave off like tell tell our viewers like how they can find you and support you um yeah share share all that stuff i'm everywhere as la salvadorena so it's la salvador and then ana like reina like queen so r-e-i-n-a and um, I'm there as on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Clubhouse, everything as La Salvadorena. Um, so you can find me there. I have my website too, lasalvadorena.com. And that's where I have my shop and you can buy clothing for babies, kids, uh, obviously women, girls, and I have some stuff for the guys too. I have jewelry and yeah, yeah. I, I, I love artesanía stuff. So I want to like do more artesanía eventually, but that's where I'm at right now. Awesome. So thank you so much for being here. Um, And I just appreciate this. I love this conversation. And I can't wait to meet you in person. Yeah, me too. You know, my my reaction's been going down as we've been talking. I'm like, yeah, I soothed it. No, (laughs) you did. Like, I'm like, okay, it's better. And now I'm just like you. (laughs) But yeah, we'll see. Well, take care. I'll see you in Baltimore soon, hopefully. Yes, yes. Um, So yes, thank you everyone for listening to Talk That Talk Uncensored. Make sure you're subscribed and make sure that you follow us um, and tune in to next week's episode, um, which will be the season finale. So thank you and bye.